You know, like, there's going to be always people that are going to come out of the woodwork and be like, yeah. You're wrong! Cool. Bah, 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 bah. Forum! Send! In this episode, I chat with Austin Rude, the board of directors president for Flying Bike Cooperative Brewery. This isn't the first time Flying Bike has been on a podcast. But back when I first interviewed them, my involvement with the brewery was fairly limited. Now, I'm on a board of directors, the treasurer, and Austin Root is a good friend of mine. I think it's about time that I revisit the brewery that I spend so much of my time at, give them a full-blown episode. If you're a member of the brewery, then this is going to be an insight to how we kind of run the board, and it's also going to maybe answer some questions you might have about what a co-op brewery really is. Is it just a fancy mug club? The answer is, of course, no. It's much more. But how do you say that without making it sound like a useless platitude? All this and more in this episode. Welcome to Washington Beer Talk. I am Austin Rude. I am the board president of Flying By Cooperative Group. This is a... Not quite a rehash of the original Flying Bike episode, an episode I did well over a year ago because now I've been on the board for a year, and this was probably, I did the Flying Bike episode six months before I even was on, it was even a member of the brewery. Oh, okay. Um, David and Kevin were the ones I interviewed, and now I'm hanging out with you, Austin. You are the board president uh, for another month and a half, couple I months, am. yeah, and um, and and now I am the board treasurer. This is like a fun update, a fun a fun <laughs> new update from the last time this uh, this episode came up. I think what I want to talk about today is about how this is a you know what makes a co op like really special compared to a normal brewery. Because even when I came into the initial podcast, I don't think I knew I didn't have the right questions to ask i didn't yeah. really know you know you know yeah it was just yeah sure it's a it's a whatever but david came out kevin came out as far as i knew david was the owner kevin was the brewer and that was the way the conversation kind of took place yeah uh, you know. and it's very much like that yeah i think that people have a lot of you know i've i've had some people ask me about like what it is what are you doing like is it is it do home brewers make all the beer? Can I like brew a beer and then like, you know, six months later we can scale it up? And it's like, no, it's not like that. It's, it's very much, it's very much like any traditional brewery, right? Like, like we have employees. It's except the ownership is, is the, the strange thing that, that people kind of can't get their head wrapped around is that like 2000 people own this brewery, not like, Duder three yeah three guys you know like three home brewers who you know like got together and in Mike's in Mike's kitchen one day and brewed a batch of beer and decided that they were going to open a brew you know like like the, kind of the typical like yeah you know home brewer uh, craft beer story you know and it's great that that's a compelling story and I think a lot of craft brewers come out of that they've always come out of the craft they've always come out of the out of the home brewing tradition at least in this country in the last. 10 years um, but um, a lot of people don't realize that we are we are a, a viable business you do not have to be a member to to drink here um, but you get all of these benefits and I think that that's um, I think that's been the hardest part about like 
the convincing people over the the four years that we've been open is that no we are more than a mug club and that's those are things that you've certainly brought up um, in the past year and no you don't have to be a member to drink here. You can anyone can drink here. You just get these benefits, and I think we've done a great job over the last nine months in trying to define what it is to be a member here. And I, I hope that we continue to, to to move towards like keeping our membership like special. You yeah. know, you know, like having the benefits be tangible and special and part of something. One of the things I think makes it confusing, what, like what a co-op really is, is that. The, the two main points that you just made, one that, like, yeah, we run just like any other business, and the other one is it's more than just a mug club. Both of those, in normal marketing speak, are, like, useless platitudes, yeah. right? You would say, we're more than just a mug club, oh, even though you're, you are a mug club. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're, exactly. you're trying to market yourself as a slightly better mug club. And it's impossible, impossible for us to say... We're more than a mug club without you just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for taking another one millisecond of my mind share. Fuck off. Yeah. Right. But yeah, the reality is we, it's not like it's ownership. You actually own a brewery. But then in the same sentence, when you say, but, but it runs just like a normal brewery. You can't say something so confounding as you own part of the brewery, but it is just the same thing as the brewery. So I've been always trying to, re- I'm trying to reconcile, you know, what it means to, own a brewery but not really have you know not have to homebrew at it you know and 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 other people maybe who are familiar with co-ops maybe imagine a a co-op like a co-op grocery store where or maybe you know what i'm not even a member of a co-op grocery store so i don't really know how they are in reality but i know how they are in tv and in tv if you want to join the co-op grocery store you have to run a shift there, you know, once a couple, every month or something like that. And you've got to be a cashier for a little while in order to, you know, reap the benefits of your co-op. But here it's different. Yeah, so it's hard to describe to people what an actual co-op is and, like, what their involvement means. Because, you know, like, what I've what I've learned is that it, it means exactly as much as you want it to mean, right? You yeah. can treat your $200 membership as a share of stock mm-hmm. that sort of pays... Does, it doesn't literally pay dividends because it, I, I think part of it is that maybe one day it would if we're a very yeah. profitable brewery. Maybe one day would actually pay dividends because you would own two, one two thousandth and one three thousandth of a brewery. You know, yeah. by then I'm imagining a future time with yeah. three thousand members and dividends. Yeah, sure, it pays dividends, but also it pays it has, it has actual benefits because like an owner of a brewery doesn't want to take as much free beer as they can because they're eating into their own profits. Mm-hmm. But an owner of a brewery does get the benefits of owning a brewery, which are you know access to the resources that we purchase in the form of buying, you know, cheap grain, Mm -hmm. which is nice. We get to pass that off to our members or, um, or in our case, we've decided, you know, the board has decided that a, a discount on beer is, you know, during certain times is something that every member owner gets that doesn't eat into our business too much yeah but it helps it's a it's a it's a discount that we're willing to to yeah. provide to our membership yeah but it's but even saying that is 
a little misleading because when you say we provide this to our membership, it's like, no, our membership has decided to provide this to the membership because every owner has elected the board of directors and the board of directors does what's in the best interest of Yeah, we, our, d- we end us. up deciding yeah. that, that that's what's best for yeah, the, so when, the when, nine of us. Yeah, so when we say we, we, mean, we sort of mean the nine of us, but as elected by the membership who yeah. decided this because if any, if the membership decided that, no, we need more benefits, which, you know, maybe they, not, not necessarily every member owner is as informed as obviously the board of directors is um, but if they decided no this is pointless I bought for, I bought I own a part of a brewery I deserve more membership I, I need more benefits they could like elect someone who thought that was part of it and or the, or that. or go, go to one of the board meetings and tell us that they yeah. like like I think that that's that's been one of the the things that I've like I've noticed over the years is we hold these board meetings you know once a month you know 10 a year and how many of you how many like regular members have you like seen? Like, I've probably th- seen three total regular yeah. members show up to a board meeting. And so like that's good and bad because they like, entrust us to make the best decisions that we can. Um, but um, yeah, sometimes I would I would love to have more member involvement as far as those those things go because I think that they have good ideas more than just the like. Like, they'll come to our general meeting and be like, hey, <laughs> like, may, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And like, yeah, we have thought about these things and maybe we haven't had the time to implement them or we've tried them before in the past and we've been informed by the past that, that these don't work or we can't do this because of liquor control laws. But, yeah. Um, it's been, I think that, like, getting back to your earlier question, like, what is a co-op? And it's like, well... Um, I think the I think the answer you had like sums it up. It is is exactly what you want to make of it, and I think what makes this place so unique is like I can have a conversation with Kevin Forehand downstairs, you know, especially the during brewer. the the head brewer. Like I like during those like uh, those brewers nights, um, you know, the third Tuesday of every month. Like I can have a conversation with with Kevin, and that's what I've loved about this place. It's like, you know. Can you walk into any Ballard Brewery and talk to the head brewer? Probably not. Not unless you uh, maybe if risk you, but, really pissing them off ahead of time. Right? <laughs> but most members have that access here. I think that most members, if they were to come in and talk to us, talk to the board about like how they felt like things were being run, they would have like some say. Like I would absolutely listen to what they they have yeah. to say about things. Maybe I have more information because like, I'm running a brewery and you're connected and to it. You're, you know, you go to the board meetings and you, you know, you have you come to the steering meetings and you talk yeah. to the teams. So maybe, you know a little more, but yeah, maybe there's maybe there's information that 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 they don't know that I know. But still, I, I want to hear about that. Yeah, and having that influence um, over the people that are running. Um, a business is it's not something you have. No. Generally. You can't do that at REI. You can't do that at PCC necessarily. Yeah. I mean, you can, but I mean, like... Yeah. Like, I think the connection's a little bit deeper at, yeah. at, at this place. So, it's a, it's a tough thing because, like, I want people to be involved in this is... I want them to want to be involved in this. As we've seen with, like, Naked City, for instance. Naked City died, and, like, no one... No one knew that they were dying. It was up to the collective community to make that happen, necessarily, you know? And not that... Flying Bike is, has had a phenomenal year, but, like, Naked City should be a cautionary tale because, like, no one assumed that they were going to go out of business, but they did. And I think that for, for us, like, reminding 
reminding our membership, reminding like the people who come here is that you have to, if you love something, you have to support it. Um, you can't just necessarily just like pay your membership and be gone. If you love something, you need to support it. You know, even if you've given your $200 or whatever, we're a cooperative, you know, like I'm in a, like I have a kid who's in a cooperative preschool. Just giving your two, your, you know, your monthly dues is just simply not enough. You have to do other things for the co-op to make it exist. Yeah. That's why the, that's, that's why the, the dues that we have are so low is because that we have all of the shared knowledge and shared work that help towards making the co-op viable as a, as a business so that we benefit everybody. And for us at Flying Bike, is no different. If we want Flying Bike to exist as an entity, we need to all pitch in and volunteer our time or volunteer, you know, or just come to the brewery and just have a beer. And that's been the, that's been kind of a, a tough sell on people is that like, well, I've just paid my membership dues. Like, what else do you want from me? Yeah. It's not that I want blood or anything. It's it's that like for a, a business to operate, it's it's more than the $200. It's, it's, it's being involved um, however you want. And if it's, if it's just buying a pint at the brewery once a month, that's fine. You're still connected to the community, but that's what this—that's what we're trying to foster here at Flying Bike is, is yeah. a sense of community and um, yeah, again, and a sense of involvement. And to tie that into the, like the mug club idea, you know, you people breweries have this mug club idea, and for for those breweries. And, I don't know, perhaps I'm being slightly naive in saying this. I feel like every time another brewery offers a mug club, you you know, you know buy in as someone who obviously loves that brewery and wants to drink there all the time. And usually the mug club is a sort of mathematical, you know, you, you make you make a calculation based on how are you going to get your value out of the mug club. At least I, that's what I do if I'm ever looking at a mug club offer. If I'm ever looking at a mug club offer, I'll think like, well, okay, so it gives me a dollar off pints for one year. I'm definitely not going to buy 200 pints in a year, so I'm not going to get my money back. There's really no point in doing that. And a brewery, at the same time, is offering a mug club is like, all right, let's see. So if I give them $2 off pints and it costs $100 for a year, I'm banking on them not getting 50 pints so I make more money off of this sale. Or I'm, I'm banking on this mug club encouraging them to buy 50 pints, which is a lot. And uh, so that I am making, so in any case, I'm making money off of this sale of a mug club membership, right? But for us, it's not the same. But that is, but you're, you're talking about the tough sell. Like, yeah, you're right. It's not the same. But how do I, how do we express to someone else? Like, yeah, when you buy into the brewery, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you officially own a portion of this and, and it's now officially to your benefit that you, you, you're not, you're not getting, you are getting dollars off your pints, but those dollars off your pints, every pint you buy supports the brewery that you love in a way that like it sort of inevitably in a, in a, in a one, two thousandth share sense of the word benefits you too. Yeah. And it's a, uh, but where, whereas in a normal brewery, it's not. If you if you're giving extra money to the brewery because you got suckered out of buying your mug club, then the owner of the brewery is running off going, "Thank goodness I'm breaking even this month, right? Yeah, you know, like that's you're great. the one two thousandth of that. Yeah, of that 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 P and L, and that's not yeah. what we're trying to do here. No, yeah, we want to 
we when we get a new member, we think, oh man, this could be great. This could be someone. This might be someone who wants to run for the board of directors. Someone who wants to lead. It could be someone who wants to come in and uh, and run, help us volunteer at a beer fest. You know, you can do any of. You can do all kinds of cool stuff. And if you think it's a fun idea to like come and stamp uh, labels, you know, in the cold room for our special release beers, you know, in exchange for a bottle from time to time or something like that, then like then yeah you get to do that Muck club doesn't let you come in and and you know stamp hang beers. out yeah stamp beers hang or out even design the label yeah we had a volunteer a member owner who designs who designs a label and you know i you know I, I have just because i have illustrator and photoshop i get to design the table tents mm-hmm. and that's kind of fun you know for me it's a yeah like it's a little bit of work for sure but it's the kind of stuff that's like yeah, this is kind of neat. It's really neat to sort of contribute to something that this is not a, um, I don't know. It's when I worked at a real corporate job, you know, you want to, there's nothing really there making you want to put in any extra time because you know that just because if you put in extra time, you're not getting paid extra for it. It just goes to benefit Satin Adela, you know, or right. fucking Tim Cook. You know, it's not going to make you a, it's not going to enrich your life in any way that's meaningful. I mean, like, not that working at a, volunteering at a brewery actually enriches you in, in a richness type of way, but it does, you know, it, I don't know, it feels good, and it's fun, and it's nice. It's kind of a one-way transaction working for, you know, our corporate entities, especially if they have you on salary, right? Because, like, yeah. you know, they it's always all about what you do plus other assigned duties, yeah. right? Like, that's the job description. That's, like, kind of the thing that's on top of it. And it's like, well, you're really there for yourself, and the corporation's really there for itself. We have this kind of great divide between yeah. businesses and, and people. Like, yeah. somewhere along the line, somewhere, like, you know, probably in the 70s, like, there's this huge chasm that's that, that, kind of, that kind of opened up. And... It's a tough one because it's like, well, companies like in some ways do bring bring prosperity to to a place. Like yeah. we see that in Seattle, right? Like it's it's a it's a tough one for us Seattleites. It's like, well, we see how much quote unquote Amazon benefits us, right? But we also lament sometimes it, it being there. Yeah, it's 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 a very strange feeling for a lot of us. Um, with being part of, of this, it's like when we're as a community come together and open a place like the co-op who we're ultimately benefiting is our staff that's been my primary kind of goal this year is like you know we gotta keep we gotta keep hustling because like those people gotta have a job you know right and like those are the like nine individuals I want to fight for is like those like we open this place and we want to keep it open because those folks make a a decent living working here or they're getting like valuable experience or however whatever they choose as a reason for for working at Flying Bike but it's I think it's important it's it's almost as important as as us receiving benefits as a as a community but I mean like again the co-op is always about like filtering in benefits to benefit the the, 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 all the stakeholders. Yeah, right? all the As stakeholders. As opposed to the shareholders. Yeah. Not to turn this into a conversation that is lampooning capitalism, but you know you can't really talk about a co-op without doing that a little bit. But we... Uh, we have to make money. 
There's yeah. like no way around that, right? Yeah. You have to make money because like we're not benefiting anybody if we're not making money. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, you were talking earlier about how there's this divide, you know, that you're, the company you work for is out for itself and then you are out for yourself working at the company and all you're doing is you do the minimum to get your your due, you know, you get your paycheck and then that, you don't really have an interest in how that company goes. And you're talking about how, you know, in the 70s, there might have been this pivotal moment where this chasm started to widen because there was for a while before the Microzone, you and me talk about pensions, you know, where yeah. a company had a stake in its employees and it wanted its employees to do well and its employees were part of it. You know, hey, we're a company here, not like I'm not a company and I want you to be my employee, but like you and me, we are a company, right? We're like, a group that's, and we're trying yeah. to like, we're trying to be like good teammates and we're trying to all benefit. Yeah, we're all going to work together. We're going to pool our abilities to scrape this, to create this thing, scrape some value out of society, and then we're all going to benefit from that. And at some point, yeah, it fell apart. And so the thing is we're fighting against as a co-op is reminding everyone that, yeah, no, we're a co-op. We're a company that is that stand that benefits all of us. We're not just benefiting, you know, the one Some guy who founded this. Top, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And that's not, of course not to say that any brewery of course every brewery in Seattle, I you know, I've talked to so many brewers and every single one of them will say, Well no, of course I'm here running this brewery because I care about my employees and all that stuff. Yeah. And so the that because none of the breweries I talk to are Budweiser, right, or Lagunitas, or yeah. even Elysian, you know, none of us, none of the breweries I talk to are faceless corporations, even the largest ones I talk to, I talk to Fremont Brewery, and, like, there's not even a, there's not a sense in that place that anyone there thinks, oh, yeah, I'm going to stick it to the man, I'm going to try to get as no. much out of this brewery as I, don't I can. Think that, I mean, honestly, I don't think that Matt Lincecum feels that way, like, like I think that he's run that business, you know, thinking, yeah. like, like, I'm benefiting these people, I talk to them every day, they're they're serving my beer, or they're, they're representing my yeah. business, you know? I mean like I think that the the whole company thing is is it's hard to it's hard to describe within the, the craft brewing industry because I think the craft brewing industry more than other industries is very cooperative mm -hmm. amongst competitors yeah which is strange it's very strange that like the like competitors helping each other but that is certainly yeah. what I've seen in the in the in the craft brewing industry in general yeah yeah there's something weird about that I you know I it could just be because of my favorite quote. I don't know who actually said this. Probably attributed to Ben Franklin. Uh, that beer makes you feel like you should feel without beer. <laughs> I've never heard that before. So if you're going to brew a beer and you're going to hang around your other friends and, you know, if, if somebody comes and asks you for help, you might not help them. But if somebody comes and asks you for help and you had a beer... Probably going to help them. Probably going <laughs> to probably yeah. say yes. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the goodness of humanity is, is broken down by a little bit of alcohol. And, uh, you know, that might be it. No, I'm not going to theorize. But uh, I don't I, know. I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is interesting. I, I don't know if the wine industry has the same... Yeah. Like, feels the same way. I mean, like, I think it's hard because, like, the wine industry is very... I would say wine, spirits, like beer is the only, like the hardest one to brew. The, yeah. the whole, the, 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 the hardest, like if we're talking about like, um, like making, like making liquor, like, yeah. like I, I can't remember what the, what they call the stuff before it, it, it gets fermented and distilled, but like wash. the wash. Well, at least with the wash, that's already finished beer. 
generally. But like wine, cider, like the whole process of making the unfermented juice is pretty easy. You yeah. know, you're 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 generally just you're grinding up apples, you're grinding up grapes. Yeah. Whatever. You know, and, yeah. and then it's not but it's it's really like the terroir, it's really the making of the fruit that's that that's that's yeah. integral for that process. For beer making, it's like I can go from malted grain to glass in two weeks, you know, for some really low like low alcohol versions yeah. of it. Inherent in that is like, well, you're gonna have some issues where like things come up and like, oh my god, I gotta like I gotta do this thing and I have to ask, you know, this brewer because I don't have yeast for that. Like yeah. like those are not necessarily issues that winemakers go into, but, yeah. but because of the way that beer is made, like beer makers have that issue. You have three days to resolve this issue. You don't right. have, you know, two months. Yeah, yeah. exactly. To get a new hose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Yeah. So like they're forced to like collaborate. And, and I think that we've seen that with Kevin. It's like, he's extremely well connected yeah. to like the old, not the old school, but I said this on the other pack podcast, but he's like, you know, these these brewers who have matured together, I and mean, you know, Kevin's certainly part of that, and we've like we've benefited so much from his connections to like these all of his connections at big time. Um, the fact that you know, I mean, like, say what you will about D- Dick Cantwell, but he's still a giant within the brewing industry, and you know, he could he can call up Dick Cantwell right now. Just like you can, you can text Dick Cantwell right now, and that's crazy to me. Yeah, like, like well, I can't do that. Like, yeah. uh, Dick Cantwell wrote a blog post for us just because he happened to be hanging out with Kevin at the time that Kevin had to do it. Yeah, there was it was just like so funny, and Kevin does it because he just thinks it's fun to do, right? He does, like we yeah. ask him to write a blog post for us for our monthly newsletter, and, and he, he thinks about it. Yeah, he writes the hell out of that blog yeah, post every I mean, month. He's, he's really thinking about what he puts in there. I mean, yeah. Like, it seems like he frets over it. As a fucking blogger, I I, I blog less than Kevin does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see your beer is empty over there. I recently bought mm. the wheat wine. One of our factory reject wheat wines. Mm. I uh, at volunteer labor uh, me uh, <laughs> put this label on sideways. So rather than letting it go to the general public, I figured I'd buy it. Uh, you ready to drink this with me? Definitely. All right. It's gotten up. Just it's only been out of the fridge for. 45 minutes, so That's it's correct. probably at the perfect temperature to drink right now. Have you had this? Uh, you have, right? The only time I had it was at one of our one of our board meetings where Kevin came out and he had it well before its mature state, and he gave us all a little sampler of it. Oh. So I have had it before then, but it's nice I, to have. A- I mention it like that just to 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 bring up one of the other perks of uh, of owning a brewery and running the running on the board here. As you do get to have here, would you you can pour that for yourself that way, you know, get that head the way you like it. One of the things we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast was that you're the you know, the board president and you're on your way out because you're, it's the end of your term. Yeah. Let's talk about the the process that elects our like our officers and brings our board members on. Yeah. That's something that obviously we should touch on. Yeah. We're having an election soon. Yeah. We've we got a bunch of people who have been nominated, a bunch of people who have applied, mm-hmm. and we're currently in the process of nominating them. The nom- nomination committee is going through and deciding who wants to go on. Is it too late to try to apply right now? If we, if somebody did right now say, hey, can we, can, we, can I hop on? It is. It is It is too late. But I mean, Too late for 2019. Not, late to, not too late for 2020. It isn't too late for 2020. I will say that, you know, we have... <clears throat> 
the board, you know, if you're going to be elected through like normal channels, it's too late. Like we're going to have our we're going to have our ballot. That's going to go out to our membership. We have a firm date on that. There's nothing we can do about that. However, we do have board members that you know, like for whatever reason, have to give up their seats, and um, and we don't necessarily, as a board, need to look at that as a bad way because, in that case, the board appoints someone to that seat, and we can and you know, full disclosure, that's how I got here. Like I was appointed to this to this position. I was not elected in by our membership. I lost my election. <laughs> so um, for me to be president now is a little bit strange, actually, because I was never voted in by the membership. I was I was chosen by the board to to join the board, and then I was again chosen. Like we chose we choose all of our leaders is the the officers of the board, the secretary, the treasurer, the VP, and the president. the The board chooses who those four four members are um so i was chosen by the board for both of those to, to be on the board and to be president there's always a there's always been a um i don't know like people think that they need to have special knowledge about either beer brewing or like being like connected to the beer beer industry to to be part of the board and i always counter with no you if you have a love for this place and you believe in its message and you believe in its ethos, then you have a spot, a possible spot on the board, because I think that that's really what matters. If you want to see this place survive um, and you want to take responsibility for like fostering that for the next three years or whatever, then I think that that's the most important thing. Doesn't matter if you have an accounting background, sure helps, like I like I did, or if you have a marketing background, or if you've worked in craft brewery, or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but that's how, like, that's how we've decided on our leadership, is that either you're elected in or you're elected in by the board. Um, you're brought in by the board, if that answers your question. I think it's, I think it's just important for, for folks to know that your opinion is no better than mine. I might have some like experience from which to draw from, but that doesn't mean like my opinion is better than anyone else's. Yeah, I think um, yeah, it's totally worth noting that like really, if you want to be on the board of directors, there's space for it, right? We yeah. need we're always looking for board like for board members because we run the we have three year terms. After they run out, you're up for election again. So if you want to try and do this, then then yeah totally give it a shot the people here on the board are are just members just members who wanted it more yeah um i joined the um i joined the brewery because i heard there was elections for board of the directors and when when i thought oh man there's actually a chance that my little my membership joining a co-op brewery is gonna be more than just a you know i can i have a way that i can contribute more than just a mug club to bring that back all the way around i was like i will join this brewery so that i can run for the board of directors and see what this is all about and really try to uh add my you know my perceived expertise you know my cicero certification for whatever the hell that's worth you know i can bring that in and i'm gonna add what i can to this brewery and do what i can because i think this would be I think it'd be useful. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And I think that there are a lot of other people out there who are maybe don't quite have the, uh, the, the, the hubris that I have, you know, think that who are probably overqualified to, to be on the board and they probably should give it a shot. And this is just my, uh, this is my plug to get more people to run for 2020. No, I, I think it's, I think that 
the next board and the board after that or whatever if we're, if we're talking about iterations of the board. The hard part about it right right now is the time. I think that I think that you spend a lot of time doing a lot of like social media marketing and like you know like oh shit I got to do this like image, Andrew like. Can you can you make this up in in Photoshop? You know, and um, Chad has faced that. Tony's faced that in different ways. Yeah. All of those folks have like we've we we all have our you know our, our strengths in the ways that we that we approach the board. You know, and it's certainly me being president, like having to coordinate all of the all of the things. You know, it's 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 difficult. So, um, but. I think the the next board and the the board after that need to make this easier for for us to be board members. I think that we've we did a really good job messaging that we need board members, but where people had the hard time getting over the chasm is like the twenty hours a, a month, you know, the five hours a week. Yeah. It's a lot to commit to a thing. Yeah, and people don't necessarily have that time to, to be able to do, to do that. And yeah. like me myself, the reason I'm co- going off the board is because I want to spend some time with my family. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. You know, I have a three year old at home. I want to spend time with them. You know, I don't think that the I don't think anyone's really you know chastising me for that decision but it's it's a hard it's a hard thing it would be a totally different thing if we met once a quarter and made you know decisions for the brewery and then we told someone else to do it that would be totally different thing but that's not what flying bike is right now yes you know and that's the i think that's the hard part is that if you um if you love this place you need to unfortunately right now um have to spend a lot of your time doing that yeah um, and I hope that that'll change um, I hope we'll figure out ways to to be able to pass a lot of the the items that the board does off to either paid employees or volunteers but right now it's, it's yeah. not the case one of the ways that I've described it before trying to make it really sound like trying try to make clear what it is that the board does is that if one, if a brewery has brewery you've been to has one owner that one owner has to do everything. They've got to do all kinds of stuff. They've got to do all their social media posts, their brewing beer. Maybe they're, if they're lucky, they hired a brewer to brew their beer. If they're lucky, they hired a bartender to sell their beer. But otherwise, they're doing all this other stuff. They're paying all their taxes. They're doing all this. There's so much that running a business requires. And it's an 80-hour-a-week job. Mm-hmm. And then you take a board of directors like what well, we have. You have a co-op brewery like we do. You've offloaded as much as you can to Kevin, the brewer. You've offloaded as much as you can to all of our bartenders, to Brian, the co-op coordinator who manages all kinds of, like, uh, sort of, you know, writing checks and doing all the... All the admin of, work. Yeah, it does the admin work. Um, and then you still have all the rest of the stuff. So then you've got... The co-op, if running a brewery takes one unit of owner to run, mm-hmm. we've managed to offload, we call it a quarter of that, to our employees. We have three quarters of it left to go. Running a co-op brewery is a little harder than that. Mm-hmm. So... We're back up to one unit of ownership because we've offloaded yeah. a little bit of that. It's 25% harder. They get it. So now we've got one unit of ownership that we divide among the nine of us, mm-hmm. uh, us nine board members, ideally uh, divided more or less evenly over you know yeah. design work, marketing, mm-hmm. uh, making all these decisions, organizing meetings, which is yeah. where that extra 25% comes from. Yeah. Uh, and if, if we're lucky, we get to offload like one more ninth of it to volunteers who want to run beer fests and you know yeah. and label bottles for us and do a little bit of offside design work 
and you know uh, the, the goal of a real co-op would be to offload 80% of that to paid employees and volunteers and all this kind of stuff and that, that the board of directors would be able to do sort of just 10% of the work which is making the decisions and deciding this and that and sales over here what kind of brews should we beer yeah. <laughs> what kind of brews should we beer yeah. <laughs> yeah. what kind of beers we should brew and yeah. blah, 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 you know all of these exactly and we should be able to do that kind of stuff that should be what the board looks like but because that's not a kind of co-op we're running right now maybe that's the goal in the end we're currently running a, a, a bit where every one of us gets to share the load of running a brewery which has its benefits and its drawbacks we like I, I don't know about you but I get so much out of getting to do this you know I get I, I'm like I have this you know business minor that has been atrophying in the back of my brain for such a long time and now I'm the treasurer of the brewery which means I get to actually bring back some of this like accounting training that I technically have but never got to use and now it's coming back up to the forefront of my mind and I get to use it again and it's great and I get to talk about beer I do tasting events like kind of stuff that a, a certified Cicerone might get their certification and then let it you know, die. Yeah, just let it hang around. Yeah, now, but I get to do tasting events, which means, you know, once a quarter, I, I'm pulling together all this stuff and I'm scraping, I'm researching again and I'm reading like I used to. And it's like, you know, it, I, I gain so much out of this. And I think that anybody who joins the board is, or anybody who even really just takes, you don't have to join the board to be involved in the brewery. Anybody who gets involved in the brewery has so much to gain from it. I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's great, especially if you if you if you believe in the message of the brewery, and that's I think what we've we've gotten back to in the last couple of years is like I think that everyone believes in the message that 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 flying bike can be a community based business that benefits its members, um, that brews beer for the benefit of its larger community, but also its members. You know. Um, <clears throat> I think that um, being a leader of that, being on the board, like you're, you're going to learn things about how how systems work and how people work together. I certainly have learned a ton of of things, like how the industry works itself, how to manage people and not an accounting environment. Like that's that's what I I know. To be able to speak to people in their in their language, um, I you know you've obviously learned a lot of different things than than I have because we have we serve different roles in the brewery, but they're no less valuable to either of us moving forward. Just because I haven't held a tasting doesn't mean like I haven't I haven't yeah. gotten things out of out of uh, out of being president. But it's been hard, and yeah. that's and I think that's I think that's you know I mean if I had to like speak about my job as president, it's been difficult. It's been difficult to coordinate everything. You know, whoever's going to be next the, the next president, like it's it's their job to make things easier for the next person, and and yeah, and I think that the. The board always has to be forward-looking as far as that goes, as being tending to the business first and foremost. But like, absolutely, like, you know, being mindful of that. When people think about being on a board, they don't think about twenty hours a month. They think about like maybe two hours a quarter. You know, making yeah. decisions for things. And I think I think that we really. We had a lot of candidates this year that wanted to be part of wanted to be part of the co-op, um, wanted to be part of the board, but weren't able to satisfy mm -hmm. the five hours a week.
Well, Austin, we've been talking for a long time. Yeah, we have. We, I was hope I was thinking we would maybe do thirty minutes. I was going to coerce you into that, and we've gone on for what maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, I got to do a couple of things. I have a Patreon supporter who just joined on, and oh, he good. one of his prizes is he gets to choose one of the questions I ask you today. Oh, great. Hans has this question to ask. If you had to give up beer, sex, or the ability to shower, which would you give up? The ability to shower. Yeah. Like, that's like, <laughs> I'm not even, I mean, like, the ability to shower would obviously influence the sex portion of it, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, all things considered, uh, the, the ability to shower over the other two. I don't think we even need to discuss the nuance of perhaps being able to bathe anyway. Like, am I not allowed to swim anymore? I think I can still swim. You can, like, get yeah. around that. I can you get know, around like, it. Like, there's always ways around it. But I would agree that not being able to shower would definitely really stop the sex thing a little bit. But, yeah, you can get around, you can get around that, too. All things considered, yeah. In a world where everyone had to make that decision, I think yeah. that... You'd find plenty of people to have sex with who also liked beer. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Because I mean, like, like yeah, if they were all independent of each other, yeah, like one didn't influence the other. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, the ability to shower for sure. <laughs> I would like to thank my other new Patreon supporter, Tommy Brooks. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, um, Tommy. Do you have any other things you'd like to throw in or add? I want to tell the membership that, you know, we need, we need, like, if we are to remain a vibrant and profitable co-op, we need people's help. We can't just necessarily have people who have invested or necessarily, like, like given us their $200 and then have them go away. We need them to be, like, engaged with us because that's, I, I think that's the most important thing. That's, that's what will... That's what will help us down the line. That's what will, like, that's where all of this will bear fruit, is if people continually keep engaged as much as they can, um, especially if they love the place and they, and they love the, the, the vision of this place, because they can all contribute to the vision. It's still being, the vision of this place is still being thought. It's still being, we're still trying to figure this out. We're still trying to figure out the viability of a co-op brewery in, in, um, in America, really. I mean, there's just there's a handful of us. So, um, if there's a chance for you to get involved, get involved. Um, and you don't. The only thing that you need is a love for this place. So that, I think that's what I want to like. I want to like leave people with is that, you know, we do have people that know how to brew the beer, but like, you don't have to be a home brewer. You just have to have a love for the vision and and this place. And you have a seat at the table. Come in and let us know. Right on. Yeah. All right, Austin. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for much longer than I think we both thought we would. I think it was really important to get a good deep dive into the into the workings of the co-op. And I think this is something that every member and every potential member will probably benefit from if they ever give it a listen. Definitely. All right. Thank you very much. Let's Thanks, grab Andrew. a beer. All right. <clears throat> And I have to get home now. So. Yeah, whoops. Now you're fully wheat wine. Thank you very much to Austin Rude, the board president of Flying Bike Cooperative Brewery up in Greenwood in Seattle. If you're not a member of the brewery, you really should consider joining. I mean, that kind of was what that episode was about. 
Tommy and Hans, in addition to choosing the questions I asked the brewers and getting shoutouts like that, they also get to listen to the full, uncut version of this episode. Austin and I got a little saucy after drinking all that sauce. So, next week, I'll be releasing an exclusive Patreon-only version of this episode that's almost twice as long and includes our extended conversation. Go check it out. Patreon.com slash CyclingCicerone. Thanks for listening. Hey, are you a brewery that wants to be on a podcast? Shoot me an email. Andrew at cyclingcicerone.com.